0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E Fabo. First, just grab a seat, copper squat, get a chair, pillow, blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop next to me. Get you something cold to drink something hot, some water, some tea, some coffee, some juice. I've been drinking orange juice. Hell, it's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. First of all, y'all. <clears throat> Everybody thought that COVID was done. I know I did. I ain't even going to lie. You know, you think of flu season and uh, things like that. You don't think that COVID is still around. That shit is. See, and they tell you this new COVID, it, it, it shows itself two days in advance. I came home Monday. So Tuesday, you know, I was in the house. Wednesday, I go to Walmart. Wally World. I go to Walmart. You know, and when you see kids, you know, you think of flu uh, and cold season. And this lady, she had her kids and they running around touching stuff, sneezing, hacking up lugs. And I'm like, damn. But, you know, you think about it now, you put it all together. But when it was in process, all you say is, oh, the babies need some sublimity some or something, not knowing that they ass infected, got my ass infected, so let me just say that, now, if you just saw me Thursday, I looked like shit on a stick, not gonna lie, man, I was in here, I thought the world was over, fever, hallucinating, I was hallucinating and everything else, shit, Put that medicine in me, man. I woke up. You thought I sweated out 10 pounds. I was dripping wet. Well, I could have just took my T-shirt and wringed it out. For real. Telling y'all, man, be careful. Be careful. It's not over. It is not over. Wear a mask. I know I am now. Wear a mask. Wash your hair. I wash my hands. You know, when I come in the house, I wash my hands. I carry my You know, but that ain't enough, man. Wear your mask. I'm telling y'all, for real, that shit is still out there now. I'm not going to get the jab. I'm telling y'all now, y'all that do it, God bless you. We all have our rights and our reasons. I ain't getting the jab. But I'm going to tell you now, COVID is, and this is my second time getting it. I been when the first time I got I was living in Far Rockaway, man. I thought I was down for the count. And it don't get better. And the older you get, the more it really takes a toll on your body. I ain't even gonna lie. For real. But it's there. It's there. I'm, I'm fighting, man. Let me tell you. Thursday, I thought she had me for the count, boy. COVID. I thought she had me. But today, I'm running back. I'm, I'm putting my fists up. I got my... My boxing gloves on. I'm knucking and bucking too, god damn it. I, that was going to be the other song I was going to play. Nucking and be bucking. Because I, I was going you know. But I, I get it. It messes with your breathing, man. And your your temperature and your sweat. Drink lots of fluids. Yeah, you know. And people give you all kind of remedies. And I thank them. I thank them. I'm not, I'm not you know, feeling <clears throat> bad or anything like that. I do. I thank for... Everyone that, you know, gave me an antidote or gave me something to do. And I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Each and every one of you that gave, you know, something for me to do. I thank you. I didn't do it. But I do thank you. I appreciate you. Because I, I got my own remedies, you know. I, I love y'all. And I do. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm not saying this in any kind of way of shade or disrespect I do. I appreciate y'all. But I got my own remedies. And it, so far, it's been working. So, you know, I'm not the one to reinvent the wheel. If it ain't broke, why are we fixing it? So, you know, now the day it don't work, then I'll say let me look and, and see what else I can try. But it done worked. Mm-hmm. So, um, <coughs> You know we we are we are a, a people. We got three more months before this year is out. You know we got October because it's September, October, November, December. Three more months, man. Time, I tell you, shit go by quick. It ain't no joke. Three more months, and we'll be in twenty twenty four. The Jetsons, (laughs) three more months. You know, I, I think about when I was growing up and, you know, I would watch the Jetsons and be like, I can't wait until flying cars and, you know, excuse me. And now I just, I just say, damn, I miss the good old days. Yesterday was the second, right? Yeah, yesterday was the second, if I'm not mistaken. That was the day. It's been nine years since my daddy passed away, and you know, I, my daughter woke me up. I don't know if I was hallucinating or whatever. My grandson Tristan, this is the dream or the vision I had. My grandson Tristan. And there's a reason why I'm telling y'all this. He was walking past. He threw his cell shoon. He was walking past. You know, Tristan never met my grand, my father, his grand, his great grandfather. So. He saluted Oshun and he was walking by and my father walked by and my grandson was looking at him. He wasn't looking at him like you're a mean person or you're a bad person, but he was looking at him like, I seen you. I seen you. I don't know where I seen you, but I seen you. And my father looked down at him and he shook his head and smiled. And I looked at him, and I said, what you doing here? I said, you came to throw yourself to Oshun? He said, no, not this time. He said, I came to see you. And he was sitting down, and my daughter called me, and I woke up. Man, I was mad as hell. I was. She called me. I said, why you called me? I said, better be something important. No, I just called check up on you. I said, why? My daddy came to visit me. And it was so real, you know. And lately, I've been... I've been wanting to just hear his voice or just see his smile or, you know. And, you know, let me tell y'all. This post is technically about my my father. When I tell you, man, this dude, funny as hell. But he was my dad, you know. Didn't judge. Never judged anybody. Didn't give a fuck, you know, what you did in your life. uh, Who you... Who you thought you was. Uh one of our babysitters, they used to watch us when we was growing up was Robbie, right? Now Robbie was a lesbian. Right? So her name was Roselle Robots. Robbie Roselle Robots. And my pops and would get drunk and stuff. And, you know, still be sitting in there. Now Robbie dressed like a dude, you know. Always kept herself together. Big chick. But always kept herself together, right? And stayed having a little money and stuff. Whatever she did. I never knew what Robbie did for a living. But she kept she kept herself together, right? So, I remember they would sit in the park and they had their beers and stuff. And, you know, it's Robbie, right? Robbie. Uncle Robbie. That's it. Uncle Robbie. Uh, my Pat. She used to go over there with my and Pat and babysit Peter and them. and my mother and them, you know, that was Robbie was Pat's friend. So I, I think that was the time when my aunt Pat was trying to uh, experiment whether she wanted a man or a woman. But we didn't care. It wasn't our business. We didn't live in a house. Right? Real talk. So... uh Robbie and them, they were sitting out there. My Uncle Don and all of them was out there. These people were passed on. So, you know, God bless the daddy. And, you know, my Uncle Don, sometimes he would be a bully. You know, he'll he'll get drunk and want to fuck with people. My Uncle Julius would, you know, get drunk and crack jokes on people and stuff. And my pops wasn't like that. Like, you know, you you give people respect. You know, you don't need that liquid courage. Keep that same energy. If you want to be an asshole, be an asshole sober, too. You know, because people remember that shit. So, I was in the park and stuff. And, you know, my Uncle Don was fucking with Robbie, you know, saying smart shit. And you know, my pops stood up for. And I think, you know, growing up in those days, being gay wasn't always, you know, you you threw it under the rug. You know, you threw it under the rug. It was those things you saw and you didn't speak about. And it was okay. You know, we, we were taught in an early age, you know, you don't disrespect them. They're adults, you know, and they're there to protect you. And Robbie and them did. they Robbie, Bruce, all of them, Donald, all of them, they made sure we were good, and we, we we respected them, you know. But you always have those kids as well as those adults that would say a little smart shit. And, you know, my Uncle Don was like, you ain't no fucking man. You ain't no real fucking man, you know. And my pops and them stood up for Robbie. And I think that went a long way for her because... Like I said, growing up in those days, it was swept under the rug and people didn't stand up for you because, you know, that wasn't a thing. But, you know, my pops and Piggy and, and uh, Freddie Hill and them stood up for Robbie. And I think, like I said, that was a whole way of saying, wow, you know, I'm accepted. I'm, you know, nobody treats me different. And I remember sitting outside on the step, and it was Robbie and all of them and Robbie just broke down crying, saying, "How much she loved my pops and my mom, and how you know nobody never treated her differently and um in our house, and you know she really loved us and stuff and uh I remember Bruce was like, "Well, how do you think they're supposed to treat you?" <laughs> you know, we said outside, we kids." and stuff you know and we did we had a fondness of Robbie and shit and you know, like i said growing up man you you see things you don't say nothing but you knew what it was you know we knew who Robbie was we knew she was gay but it didn't it didn't bother us like you know she ain't, ain't our business but it spoke volumes to her you know uh even when like Whenever Jack Nelson... Jack Nelson was a beast. First of all, let me tell y'all about Jack Nelson. Jack Nelson would come around there drunk as cooter brown. He had a plastic bag. And in his bag, he had a pipe, a piece of pipe, and some lye in the jar. He had some lye because he tossed it on you. He ain't give a fuck. Jack was gay. But Jack was funny as a motherfucker. Jack get drunk and tell all your business, Baby. Jack would tell all your business. If your husband was cheating, Jack gonna tell. If your kids is bad or you don't know who the baby daddy is, Jack tell him when he get drunk, child. I used to love to see Jack Nelson come around there. What? Right, and when Jack came, I knew it was go, I was gonna get me some snacks from the store because I know the adults about to fight because Jack get ready to tell somebody business. And right when Jack come around, Bruce, Bruce would come outside. Yeah, Jack, don't you start this. Don't you come over here popping no shit now because you get drunk and don't you say shit. Oh, fuck you, Fremont Bruce. I <laughs> so love it, man. I would go and sit on that fucking step because Jack, I was amazed by Jack. I was so amazed by Jack because here was this dude. He didn't give a fuck. They would whoop his ass, but he didn't give a fuck. If you crossed him, baby, we see Petty in this world. I've never seen Petty in this world until I met Jack Nelson. Cause Jack didn't give a fuck. He didn't care if your mama died broke, he telling anything. How much I done begged for, how many chicken sandwiches I had to sell. Jack didn't give a fuck. Jack knew everybody's business. Jack did not care. Jack, but Jack didn't automatically bother you. You had to do something to Jack. And most likely when Jack went after you, you owed him money or you let your kids beat him up. And now back then, because Jack had, you know, Jack's leg was bigger than the other, so Jack walked with a limp. And, you know, you had some mothers and stuff that Jack could start popping shit and saying people business and they let their kids beat him up. You know? So and people that knew Jack knew, and it's crazy because Jack had a big ass family, so his family always came and whooped whoever ass whooped his ass. So, um, but you know they used to always say as long as you don't kill him, he-, he gonna pop shit. But you you had to remember you did something to him first because Jack didn't just real talk. Jack didn't just start talking about people until you you did something to him, and most likely when he was drinking, he got his money. And y'all done got drunk together. He said, "Give me my twenty back." I got you, Jack. And then when it came around, you ain't got his money. Oh, he went for the juggler. He talked about it. everybody. your fuck of him, and he still won his twenty dollars. He played. So, and back then, twenty dollars was a lot. So, but Jack never cursed out my father. Right? Never. Not once have I known this man that he ever cursed out my father. And I remember sitting there as a kid. And, you know, he used to say, I, I love Billy and Barbara because they just treat me with kindness. And, you know, it when he started getting too, too much, my pops said, come on, Jack, come up in the front. We're going to have a beer. Oh, Barbara, I told you your husband want me. Barbara, my brother, laugh and crack up. But he'll go in the front and drink a beer or something like that with my pops and, I guess because my mother and father never treated nobody differently. And we grew up, we were the same. We never treated people differently. What you did in your bedroom is your business. Who you decided to lay with is your business. Ain't got shit to do with us. You a friend. You know, my mom and them, they would dig a hole in the ground and cook the pig and... You know, this is Labor Day, right? So they'll start prepping everything. My pops and them will lay down the carpet, or the blanket, that moving blanket outside, and the bands would get ready, and people just start coming and playing and stuff. You know, so they be in the kitchen cutting up greens and stuff. So they get ready for the Labor Day. You know, when we got older, we just we didn't do that no more. I just went to the parade. I take the kids and we go to the Labor Day parade and have fun. And come home, cook something real quick, and lay down. Because either the next day was school or school is about to start. That's it. So, this was your last hurrah. Get it in. But growing up, you know, my mom and them would cook and have Jack and all of them over there. And he just, he never did. He never disrespected my pops. And like I said... My father wasn't that type of man. That was he wouldn't be in my mother and them her friends' business. He'll see them. He'll come downstairs. He'll go with the fellas and drink a beer and stuff. They'd go down to the bar, the Millers, and stuff. And they'd be down there and they'd come walking home. Him, Pop, Rooney, Piggy, and all them come walking home from Millers and you know. But they didn't get into women's stuff. They, that wasn't their thing. These were men, you know. And then they'd be in the park with Steve and you know Joe and them. And they'll play and play the drums and stuff. Or they'll sit out there with the young dudes, you know, put them on their gloves and let them box and let them talk amongst men, you know. So he wasn't that type. He didn't get into no gossip shit, you know. And I think that's why Um, I, I don't base a lot, but I do. I don't think men should be in women's conversations. I I don't, you know. But that's just me, Hey. You know, because that's what I saw. My pops would, him and my moms would get up when we was kids. They would get up and make breakfast together, you know, see we, we got to, you know, my mom's always one, but see who made the best breakfast, you know. My father ain't bravest. My mother always won. We brought We got some money, and he won, you know. But, um... You know, they, they did what they had to do to survive, and I can't say we had a bad childhood. Now, if we were being raised in this day and age with the soft parenting, yeah, we would be in ACS and my mom and them would be in jail, real talk. Um, every kid <laughs> that grew up with, because they believe in whooping ass and asking questions later, and this is not the era for that. Yeah, because if they had to take the day off and come from their job, because you don't know how to act right. They whooping your ass from the school to the house, back outside, back in the house, and then they tell everybody, now you're going to get your ass whooped from everybody that found out, the aunts and uncles and them. So, yeah. But, you know, my pops, I, I remember when I got locked up, that was the most disappointing that I saw my father, you know, when I got married, and he didn't, he didn't know I, that was hurting. Um... You know, I am never claimed to be the best kid. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I I can't call them regrets because I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to fall on my ass and bump my ass and get my shit handed to me. I I had to learn, you know. Um, But I'm not mad at the choices that I made. I'm not sad at the choices that I made, even when I made them. You know, my pops always taught me, you you made these your choices. You made them. So sit with them. Own them. You know, not the greatest. I will say, I have some chapters in my book where I'm like, damn. You know, if I'd have known then what I know now, shit, I would have went a whole new way. But if I would have known then, I wouldn't be here today. We, we all wish for an easy life, a soft life, and that's great. You know, that's great in a sense. But I, I don't complain about the life I had. I don't. Because it made me who I am. With enough room to change and grow from it. It doesn't have to define me. But I'm grateful that I went through it. And those are the times, you know, that you, you know that you're growing. Even in the fucked up moments of your life, you're grateful that they happen. It might not have been great, right? While it was you were going through it, but shit, you made it through. You know, um, I remember I used to have to walk eight blocks when I lived in Atlanta. Eight blocks to get to the bus stop, and a, a job that I really enjoyed. But I, I used to have to walk eight blocks, and I would get off and walk at night. Eight blocks. Eight long blocks where they was dark. Man, I would pray and hope that nobody didn't snatch me up or grab me. You know, it was crazy. I had two kids, Didi and Shaba. They was 9 and 10. Well, no, 11 and 12. They were home. You know, they they didn't know, you know, like their mom is, they just knew their mom was on the way. And I always say, yo, God guided me. God guided me. The ancestors made sure I was good each and every day. I did that for a year. A year. A year. And nobody, nobody ever said, hey, you want to ride or, hey, you should work during the day because that'll help you instead at night. Nobody give a fuck. They just wanted you to work. (laughs) They didn't care. You know, and you have to do what you got to do so your kids can eat and you can survive. You know, so I didn't complain about that it was it's it's a lot of things that I overlook in my life, and I think of all the things that my father prepared me for you know my pops would would walk every morning five four or five o'clock in the morning through snow, rain fucking whatever to get to the bus stop to get to his job you know, and then when he' get off the bus he would stop and walk um and he did it. He did it. And I would know it had to be days where he'll see it and be like, Yo, I can I can just leave or, you know, why am I doing this? But he did it. He sacrificed. He did it. No matter what. He went to work with the drumsticks in his hand. You know, nobody never walked him but to the bus stop or walked him, you know, met him. I see him coming around the corner and I'd be like, Hey, Billy Home And that was it. When I was little I run to him. Even on days where he might've did a double. When I was a little girl going to school, my pops would get up every morning and walk me to school. I'd stop up at the store, get something, and he will walk me to school every fucking morning when I was in kindergarten. go fuck if it was raining, he worked a double, we just walked in, and he'll walk me to school I was watching a post when he said, uh, there was a video, the guy was doing an interview, and he said, you know, it's different when a young lady has her dad because she already knows uh, a man's supposed to open the door and, you know, tell her she's beautiful and all of that. And I'm, I'm really a daddy's girl. Like, for real. Me and my pops would sit on the step and have, like, real deep conversations. And he used to always tell me, "Beam." He used to call me Bean. You would be like, Bean, man can promise you the sun and the moon. Make sure you got the stars in your pocket. And I used to be like, yes, sir. For a long time, I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about till I got older. Because um, you always should have your own. Um, but he used to always say that. Bean, man can promise you the sun and the moon. Make sure you got the stars in your pocket. Okay, sir. You know, um, he sacrificed everything he had. So I can have. That's something that I'll never forget or ever, you know, never be grateful for. My father's first love was his drums. And when I was born, he put them aside. And that's something that I remember, you know, when he was going in and out of dementia and, you know, fighting. Just trying to hold on to his memories and stuff. Because once they get that, it's kind of hard for them to, you know, decipher. Because they go back to being kids or young. And I remember asking him, Pops, you got any regrets of, you know, quit playing? And he said, he looked at me. and That's when I knew he was in his right mind. He said, Donna. I said, ooh, call me by my name. He said, I know who you are. You're my daughter. <laughs> he said, and that's something that I never regret. He said, because I made a promise the day you were born. I never, I would never miss the important moments of your life. That first step I took, my pops was there first day I went to school, my father was there. The only thing he was not present for is when I got married. He said, I took that away from him. But then he looked at my husband and said, I wouldn't have gave my blessings anyway. He said, so in my mind you didn't get married. (laughs) And when I got married with Craig, we called him on the phone and he said, said, I'm there in spirit being I'm there in spirit. You know, but he was, he was a good dude, great man, um, met a woman, took care of kids like they were her own like they were his own. Uh, my grandfather and i always welcome my brothers in them in any house. He brought a house because he said, "We ain't doing a staying at your family house." So he brought one for my mama. He went to work <laughs> and he did what a man's supposed to do provide, please, and protect. That was it. That's it. You know, when my aunt sent would come, he had to say nothing because my mother spoke up. You know, i never forget when my aunt Pat, I always say this story because it's, it's true. She, oh, now mind you, she had a man. She was married to listening. She had a man in her house, but she came over there to get some groceries from my mother. And she was like, um, yeah, you know, because... I, you you making Billy because she had made Billy plate and I had to take it upstairs. She said, oh, you making him a plate? I looked at her. She said, take that plate up there to uh, Billy and I took it and he sunk down the silver cup. She filled it with ice and put the soda in there. She said, here, take that upstairs and come back down here." and did that and I came downstairs. She said, open that door. So I opened the front door. She said, you see a eviction notice anything on there? And, my aunt pat said no. She said, close the damn door. So I closed the door. Then she said, turn them lights on and off. So I'm sitting there flicking the lights on and off, right? She said, that's enough. I only wanted you to do it one time. God damn it. She said, You lights working here, huh? She said, open that refrigerator. I'm opening the refrigerator door. We had the double one, right? And we make the ice in it. I'm opening and closing it. She said, it's full of food, ain't it? She said, I ain't at your house. You got a whole man at your house. She said, I got one upstairs. She said, God damn it, he'll get the first plate, the big piece of chicken, he'll get whatever he want cause he make it possible. She said, and the same man that you talking about, you coming to ask for some of the groceries that he brought to go and fill your house up with your man at home. Baby. I said, damn. Right? It was maybe about 11, 12. I said, damn, In my head, I was like, damn. How you clear room? Like, this your sister. But I, I understood. you know. She said, oh, I just need something until listening get paid. She said, I ain't complaining. I ain't going to deny you. But the next time you come here, don't come here and disrespect the man that's putting groceries in your house too. Not the man that's already in your house. That's how my mother would talk. She didn't raise her voice. She was very calm when she went at her sister's. Very calm, very monotone. She let you know from the door, right? Cause she she'll sit there, you know, hands on the lap, and she'll sit there, with knees sitting there. And she said, Look, "Let me tell you something." <laughs> and right when she say that, I already know it's ready to get good. And usually before she go in, she be like, "Y'all chaps going outside." And he ain't grown people's business. I should be like, damn, man, I know it's going to be good, right? And then we'd be outside popping shit like, we grown. We can hear. You ain't going to do nothing but talk about what happened. And she be like, I hear y'all motherfuckers out there. Damn chaps always in somebody's business. Ain't seven times three. Sit your ass down. They got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. And we be sitting out there laughing. But if it was good, but it wasn't that juicy, she'll look at my aunts and them. and She'll say, let me tell you something. Or well, you come over here with any kind of disrespect, check your shit out the door. Remember who, who door you at. See, look at that number. That say 11013. Don't say your address. So mind yourself when you come in here. And that's when we knew that something was said that shouldn't have been said about my mama and them. So about us. Now, you say something about her husband. She show what she was. gonna. She was going to check you. Now, if it's a man, he going to check it. But if it's a woman, yeah, my mama going to check it. She she check it. She, she check you decently. Ain't going to hate you. No, we don't, we don't do hate around here. We going to put you in your place because you might have made a mistake. Maybe you confused us with the rest of the, the fools or idiots or them new fools you hanging with. We ain't them. That ain't us. Us ain't us ain't them. So we going we to we fix you right. We going to fix you right. And then we going to go on about our business. Now, we ain't going to carry that. Okay, that's not ours for Carrie. We're going to lay it down a little bit. Um, and we still love you. you. You're welcome to come get a plate, okay? But uh, what we won't do is walk through this door with any disrespect. And I appreciate her when she used to do it because I said, oh, my goodness. And then when you get the sisters together and, baby, they, they, they got somebody else that done said something. Oh, well, now you know it's getting ready to be a show, honey, because... They get ready to let you know what we not gonna do, cause I know you fucking lying, and they get ready to do it up, right? So I used to get a kick out of it, but that ain't the story for this time to tell. This time is, I don't know my dad. You know, I remember when uh, they wanted us to read uh, Judy Bloom. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. My father said, no, ain't no way in hell, my daughter. Now, mind you, we reading Donald Goins and Iceberg Slim and shit. But, you know, we in sixth, seventh grade. We in sixth grade, fifth and sixth. You shouldn't even been reading that. But, hey, but um, he said, no, she ain't reading that. My father came up to that school and said, that teacher straight, child. They, they wouldn't even put us on the book or reading list, for real. Uh-uh. He said, y'all take an oath. And we, we didn't suit the flag. We sat down. You know, if we wanted to, we could After a while, we just started doing what the kids did. We didn't care, you know, because, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I, I can't complain. You know, I understand the world that we grew up in don't exist in this world today. You know, with the COVID, the air being fucked up and all of that. We rode on fucking merry-go-rounds we that were broke, made of metal, fucking monkey bars, hot-ass sliding boards, flipping on metal-covered wood swings. And, you know, we stayed outside. We was fucking with dead things or, you know, being outside drinking water hoses and seeing whoever had money or who family went shopping, we get a snack or something like that, you know. But we we stayed outside. We we saw life on life terms. We took made a mini canoe and floated in Baisley Pond, not understanding this body's older motherfucker or whatever else. But we 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 had fun. We had fun. We had fun growing up and just being kids, you know. And that's the part: getting a string or a stick and getting a a needle and bending it, <laughs> making us a makeshift of uh, a fucking fishing pole and going out fishing. Or, you know, playing on the dirt hills, crossing the train tracks. Just having fun. Just having fun. Thinking of what we're going to do when we get older. Where we going to go. How much money we going to have. What we going to buy our family. You know. What's the new outfits we going to get? Back then it was gabardines. And, you know, you, you would buy those. And you, you was the, the kid, you know, making zip guns, playing red light, green light, roundup, rooftop, just catching lightning bugs, you know. And my pops would come in and he would sit us on the step and tell us stories when he was growing up. He said when they came from Harlem, and they went down to Asheville, North Carolina, and it was up in their uncle's pear tree, and they was picking pears, and my Uncle Nat was very proper, and he said, you know, uh, he asked him, who, who, Mr. Fritz asked my Uncle Nat, who told you to get up there and Pick those pears, not anyone, sir. And he said, "Well, not anyone. Your ass out of the tree. So, you know, he would he would tell us stories of them growing up and how Pop met my grandmother, and you know how to how to the, the Mashburn uh, tradition. They know their wives when they see them. My grandfather saw my grandmother, and he said, "That's gonna be my wife." My father saw my mother and said, that's going to be my wife. My son saw his ex-wife, his daughter's mother, and was like, that's going to be my wife. And all these people, they did, they got married. It's just something that they know, you know, it's something that they know. Um, and it's okay. If it didn't work, it happened. You got a blessing out of it. But we, we all, we all very grateful. You know, my pops taught us a lot of things. He taught us how to be committed. He taught us how to stay focused. He taught us no matter how long you work for something, when you want to keep your eyes on the prize, you'll get it. Take patience, patience and dedication. My pops learned how to play the drums and play and his, his gift took him all over the world, made room for him. He played with a lot of people. He He enjoyed it. He enjoyed it until he had a kid. Yeah, yeah, in this day and age, we all can say you can have a cake and eat it too, but my father said playing drums took you all over the world and he would have missed all the important moments and you can't get those back. You know? And my grandfather, I would go over there and see him and he always had something for me. And, you know, Pop was, Pop was, Pop would come to the house, man, the way he used to do cards. Yeah, I used to shuffle them and make them turn into fans and all of that. It was a car shop, so he did his thing, you know. But they were all men. They stood up, they stood up for their families, you know. Did they have the best of? No, but they made the best with what they had. And I appreciate each and every one of them. Uncle Nat, my uncle Moses, my uncle James, you know, my aunt Nita, my pops, my grandfather, my Uncle Jimmy. All of them, all of them, every single one of them, even the sisters, every single one of them. Uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. And Big Mama had a chance to see me be born. She came up in the hospital. She grabbed me by one leg, and she did say, I know it may sound fucked up to y'all, but hey, she said, make this the last nigga baby I have, because she ain't believing uh <laughs> ruining her bloodline. But I'm grateful I had them grateful i had all of them and they got a chance to see me i am i'm grateful for every experience because i can't say that the men weren't in my life i can't say my uncle james and my uncle nat my uncle don my uncle julius even my uncle tatum You know, all of them. All of them were there. All of them played a part. All of them showed me what I should not do, what I should accept in a relationship or a marriage or a man, and what I shouldn't. Did I always follow the example? No, I did not. Did I fuck around and find out? Plenty of times. But I'm grateful that I had the presence of a man in my life. I am grateful for that. You know, I, I remember when I went and I brought some cologne for men And I sprayed it around my altar. And it just felt like thank you, you know. So I always tell people, honor both. Yeah, I I know y'all want to honor Big Mama and them. But you got to honor the men as well, you know. And I'm grateful because there's been times. And I don't know why or how or who or, you know, maybe it's coincidence. Maybe they lying. I don't know. But I remember one dude, he was trying to talk to me, right. This is, this right here was like, wow. I mean, and I appreciate them. I appreciate the male eggons, the male ancestors. So his brother, he was trying to talk to me, right? And I mean, he was laying it on. He would come up to the botanica and try to holler at me, you know, buy me coffee. That's when I was drinking coffee, buy me coffee and sit there and just, oh, talk. And I remember us walking to a bookstore. We went to Barnes & Noble Zone, 71st and Continental. And then two days later, I didn't see him. I ain't see this man for maybe about six months, and I saw his friend. And I was like, "Wow, you know, he, you know, he is he okay? Is he okay?" And he was like, "Yo, let him tell you." And I said, "Okay." So six months went by. I ain't see this dude. And when I did see him, he was whispering. And I'm looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong? You know, because you was cool. You know, here it is. We were vibing. There was nothing. No sex or nothing. We was just having conversations. And you read books. So that was, like, really cool. And he said, this is what this dude told me. He said, I was getting dressed to come and see you. He said, and he was sitting in the chair. And it was, like, this male stood in front of him. And it was, like, you ain't, you ain't going there, her huh? Now. That's what he said. I said, okay, right? Okay, whatever. Now, I was spiritually, but I wasn't that deep. Like, I had faith, but I didn't have faith like that, right? So, I was just, I wrote it up like, nigga, you got a girl, and I don't need to be bothered, okay? Now, let's jump up two months after that. Now, mind you, I didn't see him at six. He told me the story. Two months later, I'm on Facebook. So, I had a friend, Kim and all them neighbors saying, you know, check out the Pedophile app you know, to have with kids and stuff, you know, the people that's in the age. Why this nigga picture came up? I said, what the fuck? Being accused of uh, having sex with underage ch- children, little girls, ages of between 12 and 15. For real. So I had to go back and think about I can see my pops in them standing there in front of them saying, nah, you're going to leave her alone because we got grands over there. She babysits. She loves her grands and let me stop you there. We, we don't even want your kind. We'll kill you for real, real talk. And I was like, wow. I After that, when I saw that dude, I would see him on the avenue. He would cross the street. He told people that I had demons that protected me. I said, whatever. Whatever you want to call them. I call them my pops in them. So, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For real. I can't make that shit up. I was like, wow. Like, they just showed me. We got you. We got you. So, of course, I'm going to always make sure I got them. And I talk about them and hype them up. We can't just honor the feminine aspect. We got to get the male, the masculinity as well. We got to make sure they are... They're being fed and being honored and being smoked about. You know what I'm saying? Be the good, the bad, and the different. Still, I'm going to make sure those that definitely had a part of my growing up, I'm going to always honor them. You know? So, for real, my pops and them, they were. They were those people that when they walked through the door, they didn't have to have a big name. They presence let you know who they were. When Joe, Steve, my father... Freddie Hill, Piggy, and them, when they walked through the fucking door, you knew these were men. These were men. They, were, they didn't have to put on airs. They didn't have to, you know, shout to the world, oh, you know who the fuck I am. Nah, they walked in. Hello, hello, how, how y'all doing? How, ma'am, how you doing? How you doing, miss? Hey. And that was it. And when my mother walked in, no, no, this this my old lady. Hey, yeah, everybody, this my lady. This is my other half. And that was it. That was it. And if there was a woman that was trying to be disrespectful or whatever, my father would look at my mother, and my mother would get a head nod. You know, my father would say, "Ma'am, it's not the time." And then my mother would walk over there and say, "Baby, you need some help. How can I help you? You you need something from him? Oh, you know, me and him go way back. Well, now you need to come up in the front because the back ain't working for you no more. <laughs> you know, shit like that. So, I, I gotta I gotta give it to him, man." I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful, man. And my pops, excuse me, when when he was getting sick, I, we went to my son's wedding. And we were standing on the balcony and he said, Bean, I know it's going to get hard for you, but don't put me away. Don't put me in nobody's home. Let me die in my house with my drumsticks in my hand. And I said, I got you. And I didn't. I didn't put him nowhere. I took care of him every day. And some days he'll do the most. But it was okay. It was okay. October came from October 1st to the 31st. Every day I brought him a cake. And him and my daughter would go back and forth. Today is not your birthday. It is my birthday. My daughter brought me a cake. And it's not your birthday. And they'll go back and forth. But I'll give him a cake, a cookie, or something. And let him blow it out for 31 days. That's for my dog. My pops never let me. I never missed a birthday from my father, ever. So when that time came for me to take care of him, I never missed a day. Never. I never missed a day. Any holiday, I always made sure I gave because my mother always celebrated every holiday in our house. You know, Christmas came. My pops would take me to go see the tree, man. And After he passed, I went and redid all of that. Santa land, sat on Santa's lap, take me to the zoo, you know, my pops would take me everywhere. And when we go to my Uncle Moses' house, then my Uncle Moses used to live in the Bronx, Man, it was like, uh, uh, we went on that exploring, whole adventure. We'd be on the train, and the bus, and he'd tell me being, you know, when somebody come in, you sit down, and stuff, and, I'll be looking out the window and he'll be explaining or we'll go out to the parades and stuff. I, I, my pops would take me everywhere. You know, I remember the sister was like, yeah, I don't have no daddy problems because, you know, I said, oh, well your father's in the house. Yeah, but he never take me no I said, my father never wanted to be a couch. That's what he used to always say. I'm not a couch. I'm not a piece of furniture where you just see me. No, I'm actively. And, you know, he would take all of us. You know, he, he didn't just, even, you know what, Uncle Listening and them too, man. We would, Uncle Listening ain't dead, though. But when weekends come, Uncle listen plays softball. We all go all go out there and watch him play, man. And then we go to Coney Island, like for real, you know. So we would, we always did something, you know. My mom's in them, if they didn't take us nowhere, my aunts in them took us. So we always did something. We never just sit around. There was never a time where we just sat around. We didn't just sit around. And you have people now, they're sitting in the house all day with their kids. And I would be like, nah, we didn't do that. I didn't even do that with my own kids. Whether Craig went with us or not, man, we got up, got the book bags, and we was out. Let's go. We on the train. One rule, if you didn't get on, get off at the next stop because I'm coming. Get off at the next stop and stay in your ass there because I am coming. So, uh-uh. Thank God none of them never got left on the train. Because you always hold your sister hand. I'm fuck. But yeah, nah. Whew. Growing up, it was... I, I don't have no complaints. You know? I don't i don't have no complaints. My pops would cook. When we got pregnant, he'll make a... My pops would make an icebox cake. He would take vanilla wafers... Crushed pineapples and vanilla ice cream. He'll break. He'll put the vanilla wafers in the soft ice cream and mix it with the crushed pineapples and blend it. He'll put the vanilla wafers at the bottom of the pan and then spread that ice cream over. Put a couple of more of the pineapples and some crunched up vanilla wafers and put it in the freezer and let it freeze, right? Me and Tressy, we eat that shit before freeze. He'll be like, he'll put it in there. we watch him bake it. we be just sitting there pregnant as all out. he be like, y'all don't touch it. Okay. I always made two pans. Because you know the first pan, we going to eat it. He said, I'm telling y'all, y'all don't get no cravings now. Y'all, this for dinner now. This y'all snack after dinner. Okay. Chad, please. We have our spoons ready. And he'll come downstairs. Y'all, if I look in this freezer, it's going to be in there? Huh? And I'll be like, I got to go. And, or we'd be in the backyard with the pan, sitting there, pregnant us all out. He'd bring us candy. We'd be there. And then when we had him, oh, Samantha, he was right there. Little Trusty, Daquan, Isha. Every child I had, my pops was right there. He had one saying. If fathers are going to give them enough heartbreak. I want to be the man that at least makes sure they can have faith in one of us. And he did. He never disappointed them. He didn't. He was right there for every single one of them, no matter what they did or what they didn't do. He was right there. And I, I honor him. Great granddad, amazing dad, uncle, friend, you know, stepdad to many, friend to all, the drummer, the man at the hour, my best friend, Seaburgers, Sarge, what they called him in the Army. William Ashburn, Dollar Bill, the drummer. I appreciate him every day of my life. And whenever I look over my shoulder or even look forward, I'm grateful that I had him. I'm grateful he showed me and cared for me and moved heaven and hell to be right there next to me tell you this, though. When the Oba was doing my initiation, he said, you got three people that you want to be there. And I was like, yeah. He said, and they dead. He said, so put a picture in the frame. He said, because they need to see you. And they were right there. Every morning when I got up, my pops, my mom, and my brother, the picture was right there in the frame. Still have it till this day. And I'm grateful that they were there, spiritually. I'm grateful they watch over me now. Even as I was sick, I'm telling you, if y'all have seen me Thursday, y'all have been like, she make it through here. That means she has a calling on her life because I thought I was giving up the ghost for real. That's how sick I was. I'm so much better now, man. But I I didn't know if I was here or in the afterlife. But I know that they were there. And when I told you, it was so real. Like, my grandson was walking by and looking at him. And I'm looking, I'm smiling, and I'm like, what you doing here? You can't throw yourself at Ocean? He's like, nah, not this time. He said, I came to see you. And he sat down, right on the couch. And then my daughter called me, and I said, why you calling me? I said, I don't even know why I answered. My father came to see me. She was like, oh, he don't want to see you. I can't lose you. So I ain't going nowhere. I know it wasn't a a bad thing because he would have made his presence known. So I'm happy to know. I'm happy that I know that he's around. I know the second made nine years. Still seems like yesterday, but I wouldn't trade any of those days. And to see him yesterday was amazing to me. It was amazing. Because he just walked past. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you throw yourself through a he said, no, nah, not this time. He said, I came to see you. Like, thank you. Thank you, pops. Because I needed it. Sometimes we get weary. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes we don't feel like ourselves. And we need that oomph. We need that not from people, you know, but just that. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm grateful that my pop showed up. I'm grateful. And I'm grateful that I sound better. You know, my taste buds are still a little wonky. Um, I don't really have an appetite, but I drink all juice and, and water and stuff. But I'm grateful. I'm getting my color back because I looked at gray the other day. I was like, shit, the fuck. But um, I'm going to rest still. Give myself two more days. I forgot it was uh Labor Day tomorrow. So I'm going to give myself two more days and then I'll be back in the swing. But I ain't brushing it because COVID is not nothing to play with, y'all. I'm telling y'all, it's not nothing to fucking play with. Wear your mask, man. The shit is still out there. Do not listen to these people. Because that shit is real, man. It is real. It is real. I'm, I'm, I'm one that I don't give a fuck about conspiracy theories, none of that, man, because that shit is real. I do what nobody say. That shit ain't going. Shit is not going. Man, I just thought I was leaving. I was like, what? No, I can't go, please. But shit, man. That shit wrecks your body. So still trying to make sure, because you don't have an appetite. You don't, you know, so you got to force yourself to eat and you throw it back up or shit it all out and just... For real, man, seriously, wear your mask and wash your hands and, yo, keep a distance because that shit is not over and it's coming back full force, full force. Y'all can think I'm crazy if y'all want to, but I ain't playing this time. Fuck that. You see me outside, I got a mask on. I ain't playing that shit at all. But I appreciate y'all, and I'll have another episode tomorrow because it'll be Monday. And, um, thank you for the love and support, and shout out to my father. This episode is dedicated to him. I love him to death. It's been nine years, old man. Seems like yesterday. Best friend, man. I am truly a daddy's girl. That was my best fucking friend. And I'm grateful. I am grateful that I had a daddy, that taught me and showed me that what life was and didn't sugarcoat nothing. My father said, I got one job to teach you how to live in this world like I'm not here. He said, because I lived in this world without you. You've never lived in this world without me. My job is to teach you that. He said, because if I don't teach you that, I failed as a parent. And I will say, he gave me the proper tools. I, I wish he would be here, but he definitely taught me how to live like as though he wasn't. And shout out to him. I love you, Pop. For always.